Hey friends, thanks for joining me to, uh, for another edition of Enough for Today. We are in Psalm 52, and we are listening to David process betrayal, process conspiracy theories, process wicked men and their behavior against him. He's doing that with God, and he's inscribing, transcribing his emotions, his experiences by, he's preaching to his enemies, really, uh, in the presence of God. He's teaching us. Uh, by virtue of this psalm, he's he's warning wicked men. He's uh, anybody that picks up this psalm would understand the providence of God, the patience of God, um, the justice of God, the pending judgment of God against anyone that rejects Him, and especially those that uh, deliberately work mischief and trouble and violence and criminality, deceit. Uh, there's a there's a stark warning, and there's great hope. There's a warning to the wicked. There's great hope to followers of God who place their faith in him, who are just resting and waiting and trusting in him. So David says, why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. We unfolded that yesterday. Verse 2 says, thy tongue, so he's preaching to his enemies, thy tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good. And, ra- and lying rather than to speak righteousness, Selah. So these are people, verses 2 and 3, that have just holds, they've sold themselves to evil. And it's in their mouths continually. Uh, they're hurtful. They're destructive. They're intentional. They're deliberate. Listen, these people are real, okay? And sometimes they're in church, by the way. Uh, these people have no desire to do what is right, pure, honest, just, They've given themselves to trickery and deception and lying. It's pathological. Uh, it is consuming them, and they carry it with them. And this kind of person exists. And I realize, you know, love believes all things. And, and in the first position, we want to be deferential and, and believe and hope the best. But my friend, don't underestimate the fact that there are evil people. There are people that are genuinely committed to advancing themselves at any cost. And they have no moral framework of justice and right. And they have no qualms with lying, hurting, deceiving, uh, doing whatever it takes. David was facing them. You'll face them. I faced them. Verse 3, uh, we read it. Thou lovest evil more than good, lying rather than to speak righteousness. Selah. It's almost like David's out of breath. and He's, just, he's almost exasperated. Verse 4, thou lovest all devouring words. Like your vocabulary is so destructive and thou deceitful tongue. So verses two through four is David describing what this kind of person is like. Now, let me just pause and say, if this is a description of you, God's arms are open. You can run into his arms and repent. Go back one Psalm and read Psalm 51. There is repentance. You can come into an honest life. You can come into a a life of a clear conscience. Your heart can be given to good like it's been given to destruction and evil. But that's on the basis of God's mercy. So repent and and turn to God and ask him for forgiveness. This is a description of you. Let this warning sink deep and, and, and bring you to repentance. But if you're a follower of God and you have become victim like David uh, of this kind of person, then reckon in reality, let your heart consider their Uh, their quality of life, okay? Because look at verse five. God shall likewise destroy you, okay? So, oh, you people 
that have given yourselves to destruction. And they tend to be in powerful places. Uh, Money, power in the lost heart tends to drive it to corruption and deception and destruction. And so it's an oppression. Oppressive people, oppressors. God will likewise destroy you, David says. Like you've become a destroyer. Like you have chosen to join the side of Satan. You've chosen to be a resistor, an enemy of God. And by the way, don't underestimate. Saul and Doeg, the the people behind the story unfolding in David's life, are not just David's enemies, they're God's enemies. They have uh, deliberately aligned themselves against the purposes, decrees, plans of God, the will of God, uh, unfolding through in, in Israel and in the life of David and in the life of Saul. They have, bec- they have aligned themselves as diabolical enemies to God. So in this position, they've rejected mercy. How do you have mercy on someone that's rejected mercy, on someone that spits on mercy? You can't. All you can do then is sit back and relinquish them to the destruction of God. And in fact, David's going to say it in verse 6, you can laugh. Uh, Heartbroken, yes. But when somebody chooses to spit on mercy, willfully defy, and uh, angrily attempt to overcome God, then it's laughable. Okay, that that kind of mania, that kind of insanity... That kind of diabolical rebellion and defiance is only laughable, okay? So David says, God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away. Hey, be encouraged, my friend. The person that oppresses you, if he doesn't repent, which would resolve it, if, if there's not repentance, then there's going to be ultimate resolution, all right? God's not going to allow your oppression to dominate your life or your story or your eternity, He's going to destroy oppression and the oppressors. He's going to write the record. He will take vengeance. He will take thee away forever and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place. What a warning uh, and what a source of sense of assurance and security. So David, imagine David's in a cave hiding or he's in the house of Ahimelech hiding and he realizes he's been betrayed. And, uh, And he's afraid of being plucked out. He's afraid of losing Uh, even his momentary security, as maybe you have been and I have been, um, when people spin a false narrative against us, when people act unjustly against us, what do we, how do we feel threatened? We feel like our very uh, survival might be in question. We feel like our very material existence, the things that secure us, our paychecks, maybe, okay? False accusation, slander, um, what's going to happen? Am I going to lose my job? That kind of thing. Um, and, and David turns it around and says, you're the one that's going to lose. You're the one that's going to be destroyed. You're the one that's going to lose your dwelling place and root thee out of the land. You're going to lo- lose your very existence. You're going to lose your land. You're going to lose your right to exist. He shall root thee out of the land of the living, Selah. So verses 2, 3, 4, and 5, David is preaching to his enemy in the presence of God which serves as a warning should his enemy get the record, but it also serves as what? It's more than therapeutic, my friends. Uh, David rehearsing this to God is setting the record of his own heart right. Okay? So before you drink the Kool-Aid of your culture, sit down with your God, look up, 
reckon with reality, and then go at life every day, not drinking the Kool-Aid of culture, but living your life on the foundation of truth. We're going to pause there. We'll pick it up tomorrow. And uh, thanks for joining me. Have a great day.